Welcome to Football on the Rocks, where we pour ourselves a glass and help you dominate the fantasy football competition. During the season, we will recap the action for the week, identify targets to stock up on and targets to pour out, discuss our weekly positional rankings, and give you our DraftKings DFS picks of the week. So, Grab your glass, maybe put some rocks in it, and join three fantasy football experts and whiskey enthusiasts every week as we help you salvage your draft, win your league, and fight for the millionaire. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I am Joe Niehoff, your host. I'm joined tonight by, uh, by John Merrick, no Bobby tonight. This could be a blessing it could be a curse. We have absolutely no idea. Now, Bob might join later, but uh, that would be the little, curse. That would be the curse. Yeah. The pop in like, holy shit, you know, kind of stuff. The pop uh, but, in. I have some thoughts on Mac Jones. He's yeah. going to show up for the Monday night football game and that will be the half hour game. Yeah. And that'll be the one that he's talked for yeah, 35 minutes just and probably just about Mac Jones. And then he'll say like another guy's name at the end. You know, just to make sure it's not all Mac Jones. But that's Bobby for you. And we we love him and we hate him for it. So there you go. Anyway, diving into what we're drinking, John, why don't you tell me first what you got, buddy? I've got some um, milk and honey. It's a Israeli single malt um, peated whiskey. Okay. It is – so I got this from the um, – I got the Flavier Advent Calendar Whiskey. And this is day three on the calendar. I love it. Came with a nice little, you know, classic whiskey whiskey glass. Um, the first two were okay. This one's interesting. It's very, very kind of oaky and grainy. Um, uh, 46%. It's decent. I don't know that I would buy it, but it's it's interesting. I haven't had a Israeli whiskey before, so very kind of oaky, wood grainy um, whiskey. What do you got, Joe? Well, I'm 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 going to tell the world about a very dangerous drink. All right, this is a very dangerous drink, and I I mean, I'm not going to say don't do it, but if you do it, just understand what you're getting yourself into. These are called the Ben Hudson's. And this week I'm doing it in honor of Ben Hudson because he won the Turkey Cup last week. We'll, we'll talk about that here briefly in a second. Um, but I am doing it. Uh, it is a very delicious drink. Uh, and I call it the Ben Hudson because the first and every time I've ever drank it was with him on a golf course. And we got so drunk we could barely walk to his house afterwards. <laughs> so they're very dangerous, like I said. But what it is, it's Bailey's on the rocks with Jameson whiskey. So that probably already sounds dangerous to anybody that might think about doing it. So you take a, a you know Irish liqueur and Bailey's, and you add Irish whiskey to it. <laughs> what, what's the Only what's the what's the ratio? Uh, I usually do about two thirds. Um, Bailey's and about a third of Jameson. So it kind of gives you an idea of that ratio. So it's mostly Bailey's in this. And it, and it has to be. Because if you don't do it that way, 
uh, it, it gets a little aggressive. <laughs> All right. I have, both, we have, I have both of those at home and I will report back next week. Oh, perfect. Yeah. It, it really is. It's uh, it just gives your Bailey's that nice little additional kick. <laughs> so anyway, I, I literally, John, I can only have like one of these, uh, or you know maybe two. It can get away with two, and you're still okay. Uh, but the other part of these is like the reason why you can only have one or two is if you do these like all night, you will wake up with a f- giant hangover, <laughs> without question. So you got to be very careful. But that gives you an idea of what I'm drinking tonight. So speaking of the turkey cup, let's talk a little bit about it. I wanted to uh, say thank you for everybody that joined. Um, I've been doing that for a number of years now, John, this was your first time in what you did it like three years ago, right? Four years ago, something like that. I did back when it was a flag football tournament. Oh, so you did even further back. That's like eight or nine years ago. Um, but yeah, I remember that because we came home and we were like, could barely walk from the flag football tournament. <laughs> uh, needless to say, we all got old and slow and we no longer do a flag football tournament for the last eight or so years. It has been a golf tournament. Uh, this year, 126 golfers came to the tournament, which is amazing. Now, why am I talking about it on here? Well, we're talking about it on here because we gave away a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> and when I say we, I'm talking about football on the rocks. We gave away a Redwood Empire pipe dream. Uh, I've talked about that before on here. It's a very, very good whiskey, um, a bourbon. Uh, and if you haven't tried it yet, I would absolutely recommend it. Uh, but we gave away a bottle of whiskey and a couple other fun stuff um, that were in our little our little thing uh, for the longest drive in the tournament. So for those who play golf, if you pay attention and you know whatever, and you and you play in these tournaments, these charity events that always have a long drive winner and all that kind of stuff, they win some kind of prize. More often than not, when I've been in those tournaments, like the guy that looks nothing like he can hit a golf ball wins the long drive. So it's like a big dude. Like when I say big, he's like five, seven, 290 pounds. (laughs) And they go, the winner is, and this guy walks up and you're like, yeah, bullshit. (laughs) You know, like I could barely hit out of a wet paper bag and he had the longest drive my ass. Right. Uh, Or it's the other guy. It's the, the, the skinny little dude with like the glasses. He he might be a little taller, maybe six foot skinny glasses. You're like, yeah, whatever. Like I can't hit it. Well, this time the winner was a guy named Nate Rao. So congratulations, Nate. Hopefully you're listening. Um, But Nate Rao wins it. And when I met him, John, he was like six, seven, but like built like a tight end. You know what I mean? So you're like, Oh, he's playing, you know? Like, that's a guy. I could see him winning, you know? Like, just a huge freaking dude. I mean, no, uh, one, would, there, no one there was 6'7", but... Uh, well, you were. I'm 6'6". Six, 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 yeah. So, well, I, that, okay. I can Sorry. spot anyone taller probably, than 6'6". I can spot anyone taller than 6'6", six, six a mile away. So, he was okay, maybe 6'4". So he six, was four, probably six, the other tall guy. Like, Well, not, not... I mean, there's a couple other tall guys, but he's probably... What? Maybe the guy's 6'4". You know what I mean? Like, 6'5". He was taller than me by a solid head. Well, maybe not a head, but he was definitely like, you know, he was a good six, five at a minimum. So anyway, doesn't matter how tall the guy was, but that's what I, my point is. You're looking at him and he looks like a guy that can freaking hit a golf ball and you would expect him to have a chance of winning. And yes, he did. Uh, and now I'm really curious, Nate, if you are listening, I want to know how tall you are. Cause that, that'd be kind of a, 
a fun fact, and we'll tell next week how tall he really was. Um, if he's not listening, then I hope uh, his buddy Ryan Shirley, who is a, a good buddy of mine, that's the one that invited him. He's apparently a neighbor of him and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but but he can maybe tell me uh, how tall he really is. <laughs> so anyway, congratulations to them, and congratulations to the winner of the entire tournament. Uh, it was who's your caddy was their team name, uh, and it was Ben Hudson, Jay Watts, and a girl named Sarah. It's either Weiner or Weiner. I really, for her sake, was hoping it was Weiner. Because uh, if it was Weiner, then, you know, that had to be tough growing up. So, Well, maybe anyway, that's why she's so good at golf. That, maybe I, she took that in Versi and channeled it into the best golf game it's at the Turkey Not, game. Yep, not out of the question. Not out of the question. Um, but anyway, so congratulations to them. Uh, they've been playing in the tournament, the golf tournament portion of it, for about six years and never won. So this is a good – a good test for them, and I know they enjoyed it. Uh, but let's dive into the games for this week. Uh, obviously, I, I know people that have been paying attention. Usually, we go over some injuries and stuff like that. There has been a ton. Pay attention to your lineups. If you don't know who those players are, you're lost your mind. And those are like the Delvin Cooks, the CMCs. It's really been a really poor year for the top like four or five running backs taken. Like, think about it. Kamara, he has hardly played this year. Who's number four drafted this year? Well, CMC out, oh. Henry out, Cook out, Cook out, Kamara, Kamara out. Disappointing. Well, not a disappointing. Oh yeah, he's, he's out. been out. Out. He's been out like four weeks. Barkley has right? been out for most of it. Yep. So Zeke, the only one. Zeke no, is basically been, the backup now. I mean, it's getting ugly for Zeke. I will tell you that. And yeah. then like Jones is out now. Yep. You're really looking at wow. Eckler and Taylor and Mixon. And those are both end-of-the-round guys. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. But anyway, let's dive into it. Everybody knows uh, some of the injuries that are out there. Let's dive into John. First game is Bucks falcons I'm going to give this one to you. And uh, I guess explain, John, before we dive into it, kind of the change we're doing here to, 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 in an attempt to uh, make our podcast a little bit more efficient. Yeah, to, to try and streamline the process and, and um, kind of pick up the pace, what we're going to do is we're going to pick one factor from this game. can be a player, it can be a position group, it can be a battle, whatever, um, whatever we find in this game to be the talking point and focus on that and then have the other people jump in to give their thoughts on it. Um I think for this, I think the most interesting thing I have for this game is um, I think what I'm most interested in is the wide receiver depth for the Bucks for the rest of the year. You know, Brown out three weeks that's going into the fantasy football playoffs. And then Gronk coming back, I think. And then we also have Scotty Miller coming back. I want to see between kind of Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, will either of those two step in with, um, I think last week we saw Mike Evans and Godwin having kind of disappointing weeks, going against a bad defense against Atlanta. I kind of want to fo- watch the performance of Miller and Johnson as potential pickups for a playoff run if you're um, – if you're kind of late at that position to see who uh, if either of those two are going to step up and can have production with Brown out. Yeah. And Brown's suspended, by the way, for those that don't know, he got suspended for violation of COVID protocols or whatever the heck it was. 
Well, he um, he he had fake COVID vaccine. He had fake vaccine card. <laughs> I think I I was trying to read it. Uh, I don't. They just said like vaccine. They just said COVID protocols, but they made it yeah, it doesn't fake card. Yeah, it doesn't really give a whole lot of details, but I, I do think that's a good one to talk about. Curious here, John. I got a question for you. Uh, between Scotty Miller and uh, uh, Tyler Johnson, who do you think has a better week? Um, you know, I almost want to go with Scotty Miller. He only had one target last week, but he was a big play threat last year. And um, kind of one of Brady's, I think he had he had a really good production last year when Godwin had his injury play and the kind of disappointing year before Brown came into the mix. Yep. So I think that's kind of who is not really on anyone's radar that could be someone who could um, really be productive kind of going in, like leading up and going into the playoffs. Well, we Johnson's, refer- had, Johnson's had his shot, and he's been just kind of disappointing. And I agree, I agree, but I still think he has a better week at this point in the in the season. So I got a question: Do we want to make our first bet? We told Bobby, by the way, behind the scenes, that we're going to have like eight bets tonight. You know, like oh yeah, two bets in every game just to try and like play catch up because Bobby's not on here tonight. But what do you think? You want to make our first bet? I take Johnson. You got Scotty Miller. Let's take it. All right, done. Moving on. Next game, let's see what's next on our list here. We got uh, Cardinals-Bears. That one I'm taking. Um, so I'll talk real quick about this one. Uh, what I want to focus on for you guys this week in this game is – and I'm, I'm, I'm choosing this – I don't know how to, to tailor this out or how to say it any better than what I'm about to say. But basically, it's the, it's the running back group for both teams. The reason why I'm choosing the running back group for both teams in this game is because they're going to be the most fantasy relevant across the groups. For example, you're not going to get any relevance out of a, a quarterback in Chicago and, or wide receivers in Chicago. We could talk about that on the Arizona side, but not really the, the Chicago side. I do think, though, when we're just talking this game in particular, um, the running back groups for both groups could have decent weeks. So David Montgomery is the one specifically I'm, I'm focusing on. Since he's been back from injury, 13 carries, 14 carries, 17 carries, uh, fairly uh, decent usage and still getting action in the passing game. Uh, And I think he's actually caught every target he's had since he's been back from his injury. Um, And it's been about five or six targets. So he's had some decent opportunities. Uh, I don't see them having too much scoring against Arizona. Arizona's defense is not great, but they just – Chicago's just that bad. Like they're just that bad. Um, and then on the uh, Arizona side, this is the last really big week for James Conner. So I definitely wanted to talk a little bit about that because James Conner this week, if you have him, is the last time that you're really going to be able to get some big-time expectations out of him because next week is when Chase Edmonds is supposed to be coming back um, from his ankle injury. So with that in mind, this is a really good and exciting week. Good matchup if you have James Conner. Um, this is the this is the week that hopefully can lean on them one more time uh, to try and get yourself a, a victory before playoffs start, uh, and then after that, just be you know you have to start tempering some expectations. Yeah, it's almost if you can still make trades, it's almost a good week to trade if some in your league lost CMC or Cleveland's on by, Green Bay's on by, a lot of um, 
big name running backs that people have relied on. So if you can make trades, he'd be kind of an interesting person to kind of unload if you're deep at running back. Well, and I think most people still give you pretty good value for him because here's the thing with him is even if he's sharing duties with Chase Edmonds, he's still as proven in weeks that he's still the best running back in that, in that backfield fantasy-wise. Yep. So it's not like just, you know, so you still should get some pretty good value out of him, especially if you have depth there. If you have, if you have him as a running back on your team, he was probably drafted like the 12th or 13th round. So he should be your fourth running back, your maybe even your fifth running back, depending on kind of the, the how you built your team when you're drafting. Um, but that gives you an example of, of a guy, again, a, a, a group I wanted to talk about in that game. John, uh, next one down the list. Uh, I'm looking at ESPN here for this list. I got the Chargers, Bengals. I'll let you run away with that one. Yeah, I want to talk about wide receivers here, um, especially the kind of the wide receivers that have been productive that kind of have fallen off a little bit, like um, Mike Williams and Jamar Chase. So I think it's a tough matchup for both of them or projected to be a tough matchup. And for Mike Williams, he's really seen a drop. He's, he's uh, three of his first five games – he had double-digit targets. And after that, he's only eclipsed six targets once, and that was last week. So he really just has not had the production. I think it's almost at this point, I don't know that I would start him if I had anyone else who was had wide receiver three upside, okay. um, which I think is a big change for him, especially after the start of the year where he was wide receiver he was widely or like kind of a wide margin wide receiver to right below Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for Jamar, I think this is, I think you're starting him, but I think I see another um, disappointing week for him just because it's an easier week matchup for running backs on both sides this week. So I think that I'm, I really see outside of Keenan Allen, who's just kind of a target monster, has double-digit targets in each of the last five games. Yep. Outside of Keenan Allen, I really see all the wide receivers having kind of a disappointing week. Um, and it's a lot of guys that you kind of were drafting that you thought um, would be kind of the solid – like all the Cincinnati receivers I thought would end up being kind of like borderline wide receiver two, solid wide receiver threes. Yeah. And they really just haven't had that production this year. Yeah. Yeah. And the matchup isn't necessarily great, but, uh, but I still think, you know, it's, it's hard not to play them. That's the hardest part about where, like what you're just saying is like they, you come into the season with all three of the Higgins, Boyd and Chase thinking like, okay, these guys will be solid twos. Uh, and I think you still kind of want that even this week in a bad matchup, it, you know, you're hoping for that at least. Uh, but yeah, I agree. It's 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 a little bit tougher. I don't know that we have a bet here, John, but I do have a question. Okay, I I like the uh, the 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 opportunity we can create here. So, um, I if if you are looking at this game, I want you to pick a like here's a, here's an idea. Okay, do you want Cincinnati or Cleveland when it comes to wide receivers? 
No, that's not the bet. Just would you rather have Cincinnati or Cleveland? I think I'd rather have um, uh, the Chargers receivers. Okay, so here's the bet, right? I would rather have Cincinnati's receivers, but let's take out the top guys. So take out Chase. Well, no, because Adam. that's not – because the – like the problem I have more with – it's it's not even because Cincinnati has three guys and one of them – like the Chargers get their production to, to two people. Right. So, so no, no, well, this was what I was going to say is the bet was going to be Williams versus Higgins. I would take Higgins. You'd take Williams. So it's a player and a player. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, matchup wise, I mean, they're, they're almost the same. If I'm, I'm, I'm on DraftKings right now. Check yeah, they're basically they're, they're the, same price. the same price. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty even as far as the betting guys say, but I figured that could be a decent opportunity for us to bet if you'd like. Yeah, I'll go Williams. All right, then I got Higgins, you got Williams. Uh, that will be our second bet. Man, we're on a roll. I hope we get so many that Bobby gets so pissed. <laughs> All right, next one on the list uh, here is the Vikings-Lions. So I'll take that one. We already talked a little bit about this one uh, before we got started as an example game. Uh, but I, I think the example you gave me, John, is the one I'm going to go with. So uh, the biggest story really in this game is running backs. So I'm going to use that one for uh, the, the piece to talk about. Obviously here – you got Dalvin Cook out. Uh, Swift is also out. Um, so you're looking at Madison and, and Jamal Williams. Uh, I think both those players, you can expect to have a pretty darn good week. I mean, the, the Vikings defensive line is a little bit depleted. Now, I will say this. Um, both of the Vikings starting defensive tackles are supposedly going to play. That is Pierce and Tomlinson. If they do, I think... Uh, Williams is a little bit of a tougher play because those two guys are big dudes right in the middle. And then Richardson's been starting at defensive end uh, for the most part. So like, that's just, you know, that's a, those, those are three beefy dudes. We should be able to stop the run. And by the way, I mean, the Vikings should be able to stop the run pretty successfully uh, if that is the case, but we'll see. So anyway, somebody look at there. Um, the, the people I want to talk about, or one other guy I want to mention is, uh, uh, Kene Nwangu, kick returner for the, the Vikings that is now the second running back. And sounds like he's going to get some pretty decent action on like third downs. Uh, maybe not all of them because Madison's uh, pretty used to a third down role. Um, so he'll more likely be the, the, the guy for the whole game. But he's definitely going to get some action in the backfield. Uh, and somebody that I would say, take a look at maybe. It's not a streamer, but you know how we handcuff guys and all this stuff? Cook isn't playing the rest of the year. But a decent pickup, a possible handcuff for the guy that now has Madison uh, could be Nwongu. So just somebody to to pay attention to. Yeah, I, I don't know. Did they say it? Has Cook been ruled out for the whole year? No, no. But for fantasy purposes, the likelihood of him coming back before um, playoffs are over is highly unlikely. He's supposedly out like at a minimum like three weeks or something like that with the injury. Um, so the likelihood of him playing in your fantasy football playoffs is, I'd call it 
10%. I mean, he's got a torn labrum is what they said in his shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. So that's something that as a football player, you can you know play on it and, and do a lot of the work without having to stress or hurt too much with it more than what you've already done. But if the ball is thrown above his head, you know, I mean, that's, he's not going to be able to reach up to catch it. It's just, it's an injury that limits some mobility. So the Vikings are basically like, you know, do we want to risk hurting him even more or potentially putting a guy that is limited in some capacity on the field? Or do we just kind of ride it out and wait? So I don't think he's I, like, I put it at about 10% that he plays in a uh, fantasy football playoff game for you. So Joe, with, with uh, Williams, like I think he's got a good game regardless of who shows up on okay on defense for the Vikings. I mean, where where are you thinking he ends up on the week? Um, I won't do the if bet like Bobby does. No, so I'll just yeah, I'll just assume like I wouldn't put him. I would say outside the top fifteen. Yeah, that, for running backs. There's there's so many good matchups this week, but well, that that's right. Well, that's part of the reason why I think that like he could. The reason why I'm staying outside the top 15, John, and so like outside that top 20, because that's probably if if Tomlinson and Pierce both play, I'd put them outside the top 20. But yeah, I'd probably put them inside the top 15. You would put them inside if you put them inside the top 15. We have another bet. I think I'd put them inside the top 15. All right. Well, what's wrong with that then? So you got uh, top. Paul Williams, I have outside the top 15. Okay. Done. All right, next game on our list, we have Giants-Dolphins. John, take it away. Yeah, I want to talk about someone who I wasn't high on in the season. I haven't – I have him on a few teams, and I haven't been high on him all season. But guess where Miles Gaskin is – Guess what running back he is in PPR this year, Joe, without looking. Okay. I'm going to go with running back. He's had some big games, hasn't he? Let's go with, like, 16. He's running back 14. Almost an RB1 in a 20-team league. Gosh, I was kind of right about him. I was the one that was all about him this year. Yeah, and he's he's been disappointing. Like, he's had a lot of disappointing weeks where you think he's going to have a huge week. And then I sat him for his 30-point game. Nice. <laughs> right after – I think he had, like, a – he had – what did he have? Let's just look it up. Quick. Yeah, he had a point three game before his 31-point game. Wow. wow. So, but since, since then, I mean, the last four weeks – he scored double-digit points and over 15 points three of the four weeks. So really since his – outside of the first four weeks of the season, he's really been consistent for the team, and he's been a consistent producer. And against a Giants team that's in the bottom five against the run, like he's someone who – like he's an RB1 who's not an RB1 name. For the week and really he's let's look at their let's look at their uh, schedule for the rest of the year yeah I mean he they play it gets a little bit tough in the playoffs because they play at the Saints and at the Patriots 
But still, three of his remaining games are Giants, Jets, and Titans, all easy games against running backs. And against the Titans in Week 17, which could be the championship game for a lot, like he's someone who's could come out of nowhere and really be on a lot of um, playoff and um, really lead people through. I think this is like I I would never have thought of him as an RB one in most weeks, but I think he's solidly an RB one this week. I think he's kind of almost in the top tier, which is surprising for a Miami team where we kind of most weeks we just write them off. Yeah. I think yep. for the Giants, you kind of write off everyone this weekend. You kind of write off this game, but it's not it's not a obvious one where you have kind of that production from someone who um, was so disappointed at the start of the year. Yeah, and one thing to kind of take in, into effect there to think about too is Philip Lindsay is now with Miami, so does he eat into that once he's healthy and playing more? You know, we'll see. I, I would think be that. shocked. I mean, well, Phil- last. I would too, but John, last week, Philip Lindsay had 12 carries. He's injured now with an ankle, and he's doubtful to play. Um, yeah, Gaskin still but, had had 16 carries, two touchdowns, so you still get. Oh, that. I know. I agree. Well, it was a blowout, so maybe they're like, okay, let's get Phil. You know, let's get Lindsay in. Yeah. He's now on the team. You know, whatever kind of stuff. I get it. But yeah, I'd be interesting like, to see like when when Lindsay got those carries. Yeah. Yeah, I would be too. All right, next game is Jets-Eagles. Um, so I'm going to jump into this one real quick. Honestly, a little bit like that last game you were just talking about, John, I, this is just not one that you need to pay too much attention to. If you have players on the Jets or uh, Philly, I, I just kind of avoid them. The, the position I'm going to focus on here is wide receivers. I think that if there is a startable player here, it's uh, Devontae Smith and Elijah Moore. Both those guys, I think, could have decent weeks. Um, but that's really it beyond that. I'm curious to see how um, the wide receiver core comes together with the Jets now that Zach is going to kind of be in there more often moving forward. It sounds like he's at least not hurt. Um, and he just, he, they were so bad last week. Um, so really just curiosity for me on the wide receiver core for the Jets and how they pan out for the rest of the season. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the only two players even worth mentioning, I think, in that game is Smith and Moore. And if again, and if I do have those guys, I'm playing them, you know, because I assume they're probably a flex spot if you have two really good wide receivers, um, or at a, at a minimum, they could be a, a decent, you know, they they could creep into the top 24 uh, for wide receivers this week. In fact, I, I'm very confident of that for Smith, not as confident for more, but uh, but very well could have a, could be up there as well. Some of the weeks he's had his last few weeks. I don't know if there's a bet there, John, or not, but I'd take Smith if you want more. <laughs> no. I didn't think so. All right, uh, let's go uh, Colts-Texans. That's you. I mean, this is – I feel like there's not too much to talk about this game. I guess the one thing I want to talk about is how right I was about Jonathan Taylor. I think I am an RB5 at the start of the year yep. and how – I have him on almost no teams because once we got to the drafts, I just moved him down and was an idiot (laughs) and just stick. Don't overanalyze once you do your initial prep. Don't read too much into preseason injuries and preseason playtime. Like he's do like, if you look at what he did at the last six games of last season, it's just carrying into this season. He's just showing what a great running back he is. I think He's 
I think he's the number he's moved into the number one dynasty running back for me. Yeah. Which I think would be surprise like I think that would be surprising um to anyone at the start of this year that, you know, CMC or Barkley or even Najee wouldn't be in there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't, right, I don't uh, know if there's that much else to say about that game. Nah, there really just isn't, and you're right on that one for sure. Um, I'll uh, I'll dive into our next one, which is Washington versus uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, this is a this could be a decent uh, game. I honestly think this week, as far as just scoring and and you know one of those type of things, it is an afternoon game, so I was dealing with some you know decent games in the afternoons to watch. Uh, but anyway, getting into this one, I'm going to actually focus here on um, the the ability to start players on both of these teams in the future because of matchups. Uh, so it might be an interesting thing to talk about, but more specifically, I'm going to focus on two guys. One of them is uh, Derek Carr. He arguably has one of the best quarterback matchups moving forward um, throughout the season. Um, so if you're you know looking for a guy that you can kind of pick up, uh, he has, he has a pretty solid matchups that that'll be available barring next week versus the chiefs. Who's, been consistently getting better on defense but playing the browns who've been pretty poor all season broncos are okay but then the colts would be your championship game uh, so could be if you're streaming quarterbacks and you're having a good season you're streaming these guys he might be a decent one to pick up because you have a couple really nice matchups um, including this week that you'd be finishing up with uh, on the other side of the ball for me it's uh two things that that are are to talk about Number one is Gibson. So it depends on long, um, what's his name's out, but he should also have some good matchups. So talking about a player that a lot of people might have had higher on boards or at least considered him uh, pretty high on boards to start the season, he's now a guy that uh, come to finish the season will actually have some decent matchups moving forward and coming off a couple pretty solid weeks. So two last three weeks, he scored over 20 points in PPR scoring. And had he's gotten 24 carries, 19 carries, 29 carries. So talk about like after the bye week, they just kind of came in and said, we're going to focus on the run. We're going to get these guys the ball and we're going to go forward from there. So his matchups are also good to finish the season. He goes Raiders, Cowboys, and some people may think that's a bad matchup, but it's not from a running back standpoint. Eagles, who also are pretty poor against the run this year. Then the Cowboys again. Then the Eagles again. So he's got some solid uh, opportunity and matchups-wise uh, for him to, to really score some points for you in the playoffs. Yeah, where do you think he is right now for running backs and PPR? I would guess he's probably around the same level of Gaskins. Maybe he's a little higher, 12-ish? 17. Oh, okay. So he's the opposite. That's Not it. that – I mean, if we look at, like – 12 to 20 yeah that's only you're only 20 point difference yeah so it's really that group is really tight but really everyone below 10 has kind of been disappointing yeah i agree they really i mean you're you're with the exception of obviously um one or two guys i i'm I'm with you on that uh next game here john uh jaguars rams yeah, I think there's not a lot to talk about. Like your Rams, you're starting Jacksonville. I don't know that I'm starting anyone. What I think would be interesting to talk about is like where do you think 
Um, God, just blanked on his name. He's so become so irrelevant. Where do you think Lawrence would rank for you for um, dynasty quarterbacks? Ooh, um, quarterbacks have such a long shelf. So let's let's put this in the framework of two quarterback league. Like our we have a yeah. me and Jordan yeah. dynasty two quarterbacks. So quarterbacks are high premium. Yeah. He Lawrence went number one overall in the rookie draft. Yeah. If we were redrafting just the rookies from this year, I mean, obviously, I don't think he would be number one. Is he even? No. He like Mac Jones might be the number one quarterback because he seems like he has the longest staying potential. Yeah. And then, yeah, he's, he'd be the number one guy, not because of staying potential, in my opinion, but because of the way he's like the way that that offense runs and the way he's being used. He is honestly, if you look at the way that they're running their offense right now in New England, you know what it reminds me of? Tom Brady, New England. It does it not. I mean, they still run the ball a pretty good amount, and he just has to make nice throws on, for the most part, fairly easy plays. Yeah, I guess the the downside for that is how many years before Moss got there was Brady really fantasy relevant quarterback? Yeah, correct. Like well, I, I think I think Jones could like Lawrence has just looked terrible. It's hard to know if it's the people around him, the whole offense, or just him. Yeah, that's also what they said about uh, good old. Peyton Manning, you know, they had that conversation with him. He had a terrible first year. Um, So there's going to be a little bit of that in the rookie season for a quarterback, especially a quarterback with a completely new system, which their whole freaking team is all kind of all over the place. Like it's, it's a tough, it's a tough, you know, go for him regardless. So Um, out, so he had three touchdowns in his first game, Joe. How many touchdowns has he had since his first game? Oh, I don't know what, six? Yep, six. Yeah, that was a good guess. Um, here, but to go back to answer your question, where do you see him as far as a, do I see him as a top ten uh, dynasty in a two quarterback league? No, but the reason why I don't more specifically than anything else, John, is because quarterbacks just they have a longer shelf life in the NFL. So, like a wide receiver or running running backs have like a six year window, and that's it, right? Wide receivers have maybe about a seven to ten year window, and then running backs or then quarterbacks. Dude, you could have a quarterback play for thirteen years. But so, if you were ranking, if you're ranking dynasty quarterbacks right now, would he be in your top twelve quarterbacks? I don't think he would. And the reason why is because there's like I got if I'm going to go do a dynasty, I need like three or four years out of a guy. So like, I'll give you a quick example. I'm still going to get probably three years out of Kirk Cousins. And he's thirty something years old, but I'm gonna get three good solid years out of Kirk Cousins. Maybe. I don't rank him I don't rank him ahead of like I don't rank Kirk Cousins ahead of Lawrence in this example, but I'm just giving an example of guys that like you know, that's just a, 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 a form of me telling you like here's the guy that I would uh, say like there's players like that I would rank ahead of him because of the fact that quarterbacks just have longer shelf life. All right, I think we talked about enough about Lawrence. You want to talk Baltimore, Pittsburgh? 
Yeah, and I'm going to just focus the position group I'm going to talk about here because we haven't talked about this position group yet is tight ends, and I think it's really the only relevant one on both sides of the ball. Um, so unfortunately for Pittsburgh, it's been ugly and disappointing uh, with ben, Big Ben this year. But if there's been a bright spot um, outside of Najee Harris, I think it's been baby Gronk Fryermuth. This could be a good week for him. I mean, technically it's a good matchup. Baltimore's uh, ranked 29th against tight ends, according to uh, DraftKings. So uh, it could be a good matchup. And he's had good weeks. I mean, in the last four weeks uh, of the, or five weeks, four of those five have been over 10 points. Uh, or really over 11 points. Um, so he's had decent weeks, really been more involved, um, high-level targets, uh, you know, everything you want out of him. And then this could be a really good week for Andrews. I mean, Mark Andrews has had – he's kind of come on of late. So if you look at his last three games, he's had six catches, eight catches, four catches, a couple touchdowns in that span as well. Um, so he's really come on of late. But he's kind of averaged around that 15, 16 points a game so far for the season. So – that's something that you'd like to, you know, hopefully continue with and to continue to see as we as, as the season goes on. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how Baltimore, how they kind of spread the ball out this week with um, kind of all their top four wide receivers all being healthy now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. That will be interesting to see. I agree. Um I don't know. There's a whole lot more to really say in that game, John. You want to jump into the 49ers Seahawks? Yeah. Should we talk about? I mean, I feel like there's just Seahawks is just the ultimate disappointment team. Yeah. Just everyone. I mean, and Russell Wilson, like he's not Russell Wilson anymore. But I want to make a quick note to this because I think this is important to understand and talk about um, because it's it's just – it's so true if you pay attention to something. At the beginning of the year, during the offseason, what did Russell Wilson say? Trade me. Trade me. He said, I don't want to be here anymore, right? And there's rumors of like Chicago and this, that, and the other and all this kind of stuff. So – how has he played this year? He's played like absolute dog shit. I mean, he's really not been good. He just hasn't. And that's an example of like, here you go. This is why, you know, sometimes players just lose motivation. And he's done, dude. He is done there. He doesn't want to be there. He just doesn't. So, anyway. I don't know if there's a whole lot to say in that game, John, but do you want to take anything other than that? Yeah, I think the – Really, the steal of the year, and I got him. I got him in one league watching um, Adam Schefter on ESPN talk about Eliza Mitchell. It okay. was. I think he's. Um, let's see their matchups for the rest of the week, the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean they've got. Whew, man, Eliza Mitchell. He could be a top five running back for the rest of the year. They've got Ooh, Seattle, yeah. Bengals, Falcons, Titans, Houston, and then I'll Rams, make that. I'll take Rams, that bet. I, be, I bet he's. Not I'm not going to say I'm, no. I'm not going <laughs> to bet he's top five. Like he, like I think that's his upside. He has the upside being top five. I, I guess I could see that. I mean, he does have good matchups. It sounds like there's a couple in there that aren't as good, but yeah. But if you if you've watched the last two games that they have won, even the last three, including beating the Rams. They just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. 
and they have a great offensive line who holds on every play. They yeah. don't get called, and they're just yeah. going to keep running the ball. Are you, are you a little bitter about last week there, John? No, I'm not. <laughs> nope. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they literally do hold on every play. It's ridiculous. It is. I, I it's, don't it's comical. Yep. But, like, he <sighs> – like, if you look at this matchup, like, he could – yeah, I mean, I – like, I hadn't really looked into this as much um, on draft games, but thinking through it now at 6,000, he's great. But, like, you yeah. think – like, Seattle has one of the worst run defenses. Mitchell could be easy top – like, I think he's easy RB1 this week. But just with how they play Garoppolo at quarterback, like Mitchell is just – I think he should easily be the RB1 this week. And you look on the other side at the running backs, they really only have one – Seattle only has one running back that isn't questionable to play. Like yeah. this is going to be an ugly game, an ugly game. San Francisco is just going to run the ball, keep them in the trenches, and just kill people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i agree yeah i agree it will be uh that way and i and i do if you're looking at DraftKings, I, I mentioned him earlier but yeah i think he is a good price um and could have a really good week for you uh next game Bronco, sunday night broncos chiefs i actually think this could be a decent game i mean it's uh um the broncos need the win don't get me wrong well they both uh, need the win yeah, but I think it could be a, a pretty decent game to watch. So on this one, let's see. What do I want to focus on here? Um, I guess let's talk a little bit about quarterbacks. Um, obviously, uh, in this one, you're you're you know the biggest game of all games or of all players in this is is Mahomes. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater. But that's why I wanted to talk about it because Mahomes is the obvious choice. He does have an interesting matchup because the Broncos are are decent overall uh, defensively, um, and they when they they have not played yet this year. I thought they did. They did not. Anyway, um, in years past, I don't, I don't think he, you know Mahomes has been spectacular against them, um, but he's just not been spectacular this year at all. And Denver's got Sertain, who's looked like his dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, it'll be interesting for him. Uh, as far as just fantasy relevance to, to kind of go, but the piece, of, the reason why I mentioned this game is because I want to see what happens with Teddy, right? So Teddy was how long was how long was he out last week? Just a couple of series. I'm not sure. He got hurt. I don't think he was out that long. He got hurt. Drew Lock came in and threw seven passes, so it had to be like at least one or two series. Uh, but the funny thing about Drew Lock. He comes in, he plays a couple of series, uh, he throws an interception. <laughs> I feel, I mean, I don't feel bad for the guy, but shit, dude, like, you know, that's too bad. He just, it's just not going to work out with him. Uh, and then Teddy, of course, uh, he's been fairly relevant from a fantasy standpoint for those streamers, people that had to make those streams. Like, he's been good. Like, he's got one, two, three, four, five weeks that he's had 20 points. Uh, for you in fantasy football. So that's, I mean, that's not bad if depending on uh, where you're at and what you're streaming. So I think this could be a good week for him because uh, the Chiefs, uh, I know the second halves of games, you said they make great adjustments, John. That was something you mentioned a few weeks back. Um, but I think this still could be a decent week for uh, Teddy, primarily because I think they'll be losing and they'll have to throw the ball. Um, so we'll see how that ends up. 
uh, going for him, but that's kind of where I got in that game. Anything else you want to mention there? I know there's really probably not much, but anything else you want to mention? No, I think, you know, I think Kansas City, I think their defense is kind of a big thing to talk about. It's They've just been shutting people down, and I think that's not something you would think about based on how their early season went, but that's really what's changed around for them. And it's, um, I think you can expect less from you know, the Denver receivers than you might have thought. Yeah. Yeah, and that might be the story of the game. Like you said, it might just be a defensive battle. Uh, when it's all said and done, because you got two teams that really so far this year have won games based off of how their defenses have played. And there's a couple of things that could have talked about here, too, is uh, Mike Boone is playing this week um, for Denver. So that's kind of exciting uh, for those that know who Mike Boone is, um, because uh, I believe, uh, oh, my gosh, what's his name is not playing um, this week for Denver. Not Williams. Um, Gordon. Gordon's not playing this week for Denver. All right, last game, John. It's all you, brother. What do you got? Well, Monday night. Bobby's not here, so we are not mentioning the name of the New England quarterback. Yep. We already talked about him once, kind of. Damn it. Yeah, you mentioned him once. It was about the da- dynasty, though, so that's I think that's acceptable. Yeah, here, I mean – Let's talk about tight ends for these guys. Because okay. I think the um, – like, it's a tough matchup all around. And, like, they're – New England is, you know, top four defense against wide receivers, top two. Maybe let's just talk about defenses. New England's top four against wide receivers, top two against quarterbacks, um, and then top – they're lower in running backs, but you're not really ever playing a Buffalo running back and feeling good about it. And then, you know, you look on the other side of it, Buffalo's top three against running backs. They're number one against wide receivers, top five against tight ends and number one against quarterbacks. So it's defensively very difficult game for both teams and I, I think I really temper my expectation for any Patriot fantasy player. I think anyone who's borderline I'm not playing because of just how, like, yes, they've had a couple of games where they've um, really just not shown up. But I think divisional game at home in December, I just don't see Buffalo's defense. I think they lost Tredavious. So, um, but even losing Tredavious, it's not like they're going against an elite group of wide receivers. Right. This is a spread the ball out team. Well, and, and not the way that is, well, and the way their defense is kind of put together too, it's like their defense is kind of the same thing. They're not like, they don't rely on one player in order yeah. for their defense to be good, you know? So I think it's it's a tough matchup for anyone to start. Like, it's tough to start anyone outside the stars of, like, Josh Allen, Diggs. Right. Like, even Knox, who's been really good when he's been healthy. Yeah. It, it's even kind of hard to start him. And even Diggs you don't feel great about. He's kind of come on lately, but he's been a really big disappointment. But you, 
based on where you drafted, we have to start them. Yeah. But I think like it's really should be a defensive game. And I think that's kind of what rule when you have kind of those games that um, rule it where both teams are going to not want to turn the ball over and just kind of drag the game out and try and tire out the other defense. Yeah. Like I think it, it could be less fantasy relevant. Yeah. So here's something that uh, just a fun fact for you, John. Uh, a lot of people play in fantasy football leagues that have defenses as a part of a team that you're going to play with. Right. So you have to have a defense uh, in a lot of these fantasy football leagues, special teams, etc. Well, real quick for you, the Patriots defense and since week seven, have not scored under 11 points fantasy-wise. That's crazy. 12, 13, 20, 11, 28, 14. That's Pretty good. nuts, right? The Bills have one, two, three, four, five, six weeks where they've scored over 11 points. 22, 23, 17, 12, 12, and 11. So that alone, if you're talking relevance and fantasy, like those are the probably the two. Honestly, I I'd have to look it up, but I'm I'm pretty confident those two teams are more than likely number one and number two in for the season uh, on defense. Yeah, get defense and kickers out of fancy. Yeah, right. I, I just don't see any other team yet. Yeah, maybe the Bucks, but I would think that even they, yeah, they haven't had any other this season. Cowboys. So not, but even they haven't. Uh, well, maybe. No, they haven't. Where are they at? Oh, they already played this week. Maybe the Cowboys. The Cowboys might be a, the, a one above them. But you get the idea. So yeah. just some, some interesting fun fact real quick for you there. All right, Joe, how do we do? Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, 54 minutes, um, uh, give or take uh, uh, some time at the beginning there, John, that we talked. So probably about 50 minutes. Under, under 50. Yeah, right at it. I mean, it's it's pretty close. Um, normally, you know what? Let me see if I can look up a quick quote uh, or cheers for us um, as we can kind of leave you guys for this week. What is that called? Not cheer. You don't call it a cheers. You call it a uh, toast. A toast. A toast to the most. Best toasts. Uh, maybe we won't because I am taking forever and I forgot to look this up. Bobby's usually the, the one that does this anyway. So um, let's see. Here's a quick one. I got uh, one if you need help, Joe. Oh, if you got one. I, I just looked up. I just found one, but you go ahead. If you got I don't one. know if Bobby's done this one. I missed a few weeks. That's okay. We'll use it again. If he If he's used it, then I'll use the one I just found. Sure. Did he say the one about ships? Yes, he did. He did? Okay. Yep. Go with yours. All right. I'm going to – well, okay, I'll just do this one. May we live to learn well and learn to live well. Very I'm simple. Confused. Nice. Easy. Okay, you don't like that one? Drink to life and the passing show and the eyes of the prettiest girl you know. We're just going downhill. Yep. Who loves not women, wine and song? He will be a fool his whole life long. All right. We got to 
We got to end this before it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, this is brutal. All right. Hey, thanks for, for listening. I appreciate it as always uh, to get out of here on a any kind of semblance. I think we've I've had too much of that drink, John. It just kept on creeping on me. Now I'm a little bit intoxicated. All right. Anyway, I'm out. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Peace.